Good morning, and thank you for tuning in and listening to this week's message of hope on KBUR News Radio, 99.3 FM and 14.90 AM from First Christian Church of Burlington, Iowa. We invite the young kids of our church to come on down forward and meet Pastor Justin at our front steps here today. Good morning, guys. How are you doing this morning? All right, much more enthusiastic than first service. I love it. Great. Hey, let's start this morning out by asking you guys a question, okay? This world, there are thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of different types of jobs. What do you think is some of the most toughest jobs out there? What's a really tough job? The army. The army, yeah. Doctor. Fire, fireman, yeah, Kinnick, I knew you'd say that one. <laughs> Policeman, yeah? I like your new shoes. Those are cool. What else? Is there anything else? Is there any other tough jobs you can think of? Any other ones? Just those? We got one? Working. Wor- working, yeah, working in itself, yeah. Jack? Construction, yeah, that's a tough job. Construction, yeah. One more, Kinnick? What? I can't hear. Ambulance? Yeah, ambulance driver. How about this one? Being a mother. Do you think that one's a tough job? Yeah, yeah, you guys are really shaking your heads yes, right? Sometimes you guys, us as kids, do we sometimes make mom's job tougher than it should be? Yeah, we do. From time to time, we make mom's job a lot tougher than it should be, right? But being a mom is one of the toughest but most fulfilling job we can have. I mean, think about it. It's unique because a mom starts off that job by carrying a baby in her tummy for nine months, and then after that, she's on the job for the next 18 years, or maybe even longer, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And even after the kid leaves the house, a mom's job is still never done with, is it? A mom's always on the clock. And so today we celebrate what? Mother's Day. Mother's Day is today. And it's a time where we get to tell mom how much we love her. And moms love to hear how much they, uh, their kids love them. But you know what they love you more? When they can see how much their kids love them. So what kind of things can we do to show mom how much we love them? Give them a Mother's Day present? You made her a flower at school. What are some other things we can do to show mom how much we love them? Give her a hug. I gave her lots of things. You gave her lots of things, yeah. What about every day, not just on Mother's Day? What kind of things can we do? Be nice. There you go. Dot. Talk back to our moms. Here, I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. You know what? One thing mom would really like for you to do to show her how much you love her? To get along with your brothers and sisters. No, you don't think so? I think so. 
I think all the mothers are agreeing with that one. It's not going to happen, though, yeah? Not going to happen? No. But moms love us to show them how much we love them. And God's the same way. God loves to hear how much we love them, but God loves it even more when he can see how much we love them. So what kind of things can we do to show God how much we love them? Pray. Be nice, yeah. Where are we at right now? Church, come to church maybe, read the Bible, all those things, right? Lots of things. What, you got one more? Did you forget? Be nice to your moms. That's right. God loves that too. But the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that God showed his love. His God, God showed his love by sending his son Jesus to this earth to die on a cross for all of us. And right after that, it says... Because God loves us so much, we ought to love one another. So right there, the Bible tells us another great way that we can show God how much we love him. By the way we treat other people with honor and respect and and the nice kind words that we say to each other. So this Mother's Day, let's remember to not only tell mom, but also to show mom how much we love her. And, And this morning when we're here in church... When we're singing songs and telling God how much we love him, let's also remember that we need to show God how much we love him by the way we love and treat everyone else. Okay? Will you guys pray with me? Let's pray. Lord, today we celebrate our mothers and have come into your house today to say we love you. Help us to go out of, uh, out of here today and show you that we love you by our actions. Amen. And all God's, kids, all God's children said? Amen. Oh, gracious and loving God, how great and wonderful you are. Like a shepherd, you lead us and you care for us. On those days, oh God, when we are lost and cannot find our way, you are there. When we feel alone and discouraged, you are there. When we do not know where to turn and we do not know what to do, you are there. Your grace and presence fills our life. You call us by name and you call us your own. Savior, how great and wonderful you are. For like a shepherd, you lead us to green pastures where life is good and safe and warm. As we gather here in worship today, oh God, we do so honoring those mother figures in our lives. We give you thanks for those who have cared for us, raised us, made us food and made our beds. And loved us in ways that are beyond all comprehension. We give you thanks for the life and witness that we still feel today. For even though some of them are not with us here in person, but they are here in spirit. We are the people we are today because of those mothers and grandmothers, aunts and special friends and loved ones. Through the living of their lives, we have seen your grace and care. We give you thanks for their witness, and we also lift up those who need an extra measure of your grace and love today. We pray for those who have spent time in the hospital this past week. We pray for those who have transitioned to nursing homes and care facilities. We pray for those who feel like they cannot make it another day alone, but need someone to walk with them, to guide them and to shepherd them and give them strength. Empower us, O loving God, to be your witnesses, 
so that we can lift up those who are down and share your joy with all those who are low. Bless us and use us, for we are your people, and you are our God. And so we ask now that you might gather up these, our prayers, because we offer them to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel according to Luke in chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. We invite the Spirit of God to be upon us as we hear God's word read in the midst of worship this morning. Now as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and so she came and asked him, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God today for it. A few years ago, we took our kids up to the Quad Cities to go and see Disney on Ice. It was a great show there at the big auditorium downtown in the Quad Cities. And so there were characters from a whole bunch of Disney movies singing and dancing on the massive hockey rink there. For it's one thing to sing, it's another thing to dance. It's a whole other thing altogether to sing and dance at, at the very same time. But to do it all on ice skates while spinning around, doing all kinds of jumps, it was downright amazing. And so at the show, there was Beauty and Beast. There was Cinderella and all those mean stepsisters. There was, the, of course, Ariel and like the Little Mermaid. There were Mickey and Minnie there as well. And they came out with these amazing skaters and dancers who were so good in their own right, they could have easily qualified for the Olympics with all their flips and jumps and like triple sow cows and all the things that they were doing there in the middle of that ice rink. And it was great. And so us and all the other families around us were singing all the songs. We could have easily been like the voiceover soundtrack there behind the scenes because everyone around us knew all the words to the song. And it was all leading up into the very last part. Disney was saving the last there to be the best. For in the last scene, the last set of songs and dancers and skaters, out came the characters from Frozen. Anna and Elsa, Olaf, Kristoff, skating there, singing that song, Let It Go. Man, you should have heard all the singing. Imagine 5,000 elementary school kids. It felt like 50,000 elementary school kids belting this song out at the top of their lungs. It was like the loudest school choir you've ever heard in your entire life. And for some of you all, for some of us who have young children in your life, this may not have been music to your ears. It may have been like nightmare in your ears. But it was great. So all of us there got kind of caught up in this wonderful moment. I was thinking about that moment this past week because we're in week two 
of our Superheroes Sermon Series. And in this series, we're talking about ordinary people from the Bible who have done extraordinary things. And so if they were around today, they would have movies, blockbuster films made about them. And so in the six weeks of the series, we are pairing up someone from the Bible with someone up from a movie to kind of highlight their qualities together. And so last Sunday, we started with Daniel from the Lion's Den along with Simba from the Lion King. And we heard the challenge to live a life of Hakuna Matata, a life of no worries because God is with us. We heard that God loves us and blesses us and carries us through all kinds of difficult days. And so still ahead, we have Peter Pan and Joda. We have Mary Poppins. We have Samson and Mr. Incredible. It's going to be a great few weeks together. And so if you've ever seen the movie Frozen and sung the song Let It Go and has been stuck in your head for days and weeks on end, then maybe you remember that in this story there are these two sisters, Anna and Elsa. And they are like the polar opposites of each other. For in the movie, Anna is adventurous, she is outgoing, she is this massive extrovert, she is the person that everyone else would like to be like. In fact, if she were in school today, she would be a cheerleader, she'd be in the school plays, she would run track and play in the band at the same exact time, she'd be in student council and like in choir and all the clubs, all the events. If there was a group to join, she would be in it. She is a real social butterfly. And in the movie, you find out that the most important thing for her is to find true love, to find her Prince Charming, so to speak. But not so much for her sister, Elsa. Elsa is much more reserved. She's much more isolated and cautious, controlled and measured. And you could almost picture her running through every conversation in her head, making sure that all the words that she speaks are the right words to say. She would rather be alone than around a whole bunch of people. If she were to go to the school dance, she'd be much more apt, if she was going to attend at all, to stand against the wall, not talking to anybody, but watching the whole scene take place. And so as the movie goes along, Elsa runs away. In fact, right after she is crowned queen, she runs away in the cold and the snow. And she sings a song about how it doesn't really bother her that it's cold and snow that I almost sang for y'all today, but I decided to pass on singing that song this week. But in the end, when her sister Anna is in trouble, when she's frozen and in need, and she's waiting for her prince, charming Kristoff, to come and save her, and he never makes it, she is saved by the sacrifice of her sister Elsa. It wasn't a prince, but it was the love of her family and the love of her sister that saved her. It all turns out well in the end, I mean, duh, it's like a Disney movie after all. It always turns out well in the end. But in the midst of this, we see these struggles of these two sisters who are so different. And we usually talk about the two and, and, and compare the two of them together. And very often we would almost choose one over the other and decide which one we are like and which one we are not like. 
And it's like that for Mary and Martha in the Bible today. Because here are two sisters who are friends of Jesus. And we get the sense that in reading about their story, it's just like they show up in the movie Frozen. Because we hear the story that the day comes by when, when Jesus stops by for a visit. And when he does, Mary sits at his feet, there at his feet, and she listens to everything that he says. She hangs at every word. It's almost like she's taking every mental note that she can so that she does not miss a single word. Almost like she is Anna there, there on this coronation day where, where she's so excited that there are guests and people coming over. She is so joyful and excited. She wants to be with them the whole time. But Martha in the Bible is there in the kitchen, cooking the meal for Jesus and probably all the other disciples who came by as well. And Elsa is there behind the scenes, making sure that everything is going to be just perfect. All the meals and all the dishes. And you get the sense that there for Martha, hospitality and making sure everything is right. Is so important. Almost like she's her own kind of Martha Stewart, making sure everything is exactly perfect. For if she were around today, I would guess that like Food Network would like show up at her house and film her there with all the dishes, all the spices, all like the roux going on, because making sure that her guests feel welcomed and hospitality is important. And so you can just imagine her anger and frustration while she is back in the kitchen, busting it, making all this food for the Savior of the world and all the disciples, and her sister is of no help whatsoever. She's just sitting there listening to Jesus and everybody else out in the front room. She even comes up to Jesus and says, don't you see I'm doing all this work on my own? What kind of sister do I have? Can you send her in to help me? And so you can imagine in your mind's eye, Martha standing in front of Jesus, dirty apron around her waist, spatula in hand, ready to beat her sister over the head, flour and spices there on her hands and feet and faces. Sleeves pushed up past the elbows, sweat beads running down her face. Can't you send my sister in to help me? I'm doing all this work alone. But the story says that when she complains to Jesus, he's not much help. He tells her about Mary understanding the better part, but never actually says what the better part really is. And we never know how the meal turns out, what was on the menu, if everything was perfect. But all we get is the picture of these two complete opposite sisters. One hanging on the every word of Jesus and the other doing her best to make sure everything is exactly right. And so like all stories in the Bible, like all stories that show up in the movies, we find ourselves taking sides. Which one would we be? We find ourselves comparing one 
against the other and making distinctions as to which one is better, that if we're one, then maybe the other one, in fact, is better. Might we be quiet and reserved like Martha and Elsa, or outgoing and talkative and the life of the party like Mary and Anna? We do it all the time. We are always making comparisons in our life. Are we this one or that one? Which one is better and which one do we want to be? And that's all well and good if we're comparing apples or like heads of lettuce at the store. But it's not so good when we start comparing our life with someone else. Because very often that is a trap that we sucked into. It is a slippery slope that we end up going down. We look at somebody else's car and then we look at ours. We look at somebody else's kids and then we look at ours. We look about how some people always seem to be happy, about how their family always seems to get along, that their marriage always seems to be perfect, that their grandkids live so close. It is a trap that we always fall into. We look at people and we say they always seem to be having the best day, that they go on the best vacations. And then we look at our life and we find the things that are missing. I mean, comparison is tricky, right? Because it never tells the whole story. Sometimes all we see is one snapshot and like one segment when somebody is at their very best and we think that we don't measure up. Anna and Elsa versus Mary and Martha. And we dream about being somebody else. But here's the thing. The Bible tells us that God is at work in every single story. That no two stories, no two families, no two people are in fact alike. But Jesus loves and redeems every single one. I mean, that is evident, especially on a day like Mother's Day today. No family is the same. Every family has joys and sorrows warts and bruises and bumps and mountains and highs and lows. No family is exactly the same. And comparing our life to somebody else's doesn't change our story or even change theirs. It just steals the joy that God has given us. It takes away our ability to see God moving in our life here and now. And so like Anna and Frozen who's always looking for Prince Charming and somebody else, she finds it in the love from her family. Every family is unique. Every story is different. And God is at work in every single one. Sometimes we have to just stop comparing our life to somebody else's and notice the blessings that God has given us. If we only take time to notice, then we'll see. Let us pray. O oh, loving God, we give you thanks and praise that you have made us as your own. Fearfully and wonderfully made, you have created us in your image. 
And so for that assurance, we give you thanks, O God. Help us, O God, to love not only our neighbors as ourselves, but to love all the things you have made about us. All our shortcomings, all of our faults, all those times we have sinned and fallen short, you love us still. You call us your own. And like a shepherd, you guide us and you lead us. For we live our lives in your presence, in the palm of your hand. Help us, O oh God, to accept that and to know it and appreciate it so that we can share your love in all that we do. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message of hope from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, here in Burlington, Iowa. We are located at 1221 Park Avenue on the south side of town, in between the airport and Dankwart Park. If you're looking for a church home or looking to find a relationship with Jesus Christ for the first time, we hope that you will join us for worship this Sunday morning. We have two services every week. Our traditional service is at 8.45 a.m. and features old-time favorite hymns and a wonderful anthem by our chancel choir. Our contemporary service is at 10.45 and features our amazing band and music that you hear from today's Christian radio. Both services offer a hope-filled and challenging message for today, activities for youth and children of all ages, and open communion for all who believe in Christ. There is no better way than to begin your week with worship, so I hope you will join us. You can find out more information by going to our website at www.burlingtondoc.org, and you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Burlington DOC. We hope you have a great week and share the love of God with someone today.